2: How are you doing this morning?
0: Oh, I'm doing good. All right. How are you doing? Hey,
2: I'm staying encouraged one day at a time with Jesus.
0: Amen. Well, it only comes one day at a time.
2: That's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's all we can do. Let's get our special guest on. Folks, we've got Indira Prasad coming up. Let me uh, Be. catch her in. Stand by. This is a live broadcast Thursday, June fifteenth. Hello, Sister Indira. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing wonderful. And yourself?
2: Hey, I'm doing all right. Welcome back. How you been since last time?
1: Oh, it's been very exciting. All right. Been very exciting in the kingdom of God. Fighting battles, winning battles, all that awesome stuff.
2: Amen. To Some that. of
1: it not so awesome. Keep moving
2: forward. Hey, I love that. Yes, the battles are going to come, but we keep moving forward. We don't uh, retreat. Amen Amen to that. Everybody, welcome aboard. We're excited to be here with Pastor Gary Stafford and our very special guest, Evangelist Indira Prasad. Uh, Sister Indira, would you like to open
1: us up in prayer? Yes. Father God, we love you. We thank you for your glorious presence. So, oh God, the glory of your presence and your healing presence to come. We dedicate this next hour to you and we say, Holy Spirit, have your way. Have your way, Lord. Anointings upon Gary and upon Shannon, Lord. And every listener, we declare you, your ears open that you may hear what you need to hear and be healed and set free in Jesus name. Amen.
0: Amen. 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 Well, it's uh, a pleasure to have you on, Indira. You've been through uh, a lot of trials more recently, and uh, we were going to have you on earlier, but uh, your mom uh, passed away and is with the Lord, and your sister was ill, and, and uh, you were concerned about that, and... Uh, Your husband, who's your business manager, uh, had some issues of his own. Tell us about it.
1: Well, we could start with my husband. And before we start, I want to tell you, in this walk with Christ, it's always exciting. You know, uh, there's an old song, I Never Promised You a Rose Garden. Well, we do get roses because he is a rose of Sharon. Um, but some roses have thorns. And not that God gives you thorns, but they're there, you know. But well, we got scissors called the Holy Spirit and prayer. So September 23rd of last year, uh, my, my husband, first of all, prior to that, I was noticing he was acting very strangely. Uh, the Sunday before that, we were coming from church, and he would just suddenly stop the car for no reason in the middle of traffic in the middle of highway. So I thought something was really wrong here. Uh, So he looked at me, he stopped, and he looked at me, and he said, Indira, I want to tell you I love your eyes. I've always loved your eyes from the moment I met you. And then he said, I love your pink hair. I have a smidge of pink hair. Don't ever change that. Well, every woman who's been married for a while should know her husband. And not that he was a man of not giving compliments. He didn't really give those compliments. But the fact was, I never knew about the eyes. That was okay. But in my spirit, I was figuring out something wasn't right. That whole week, uh, he was just acting strangely. He was walking strangely, talking strangely. So, I was on the phone with his doctor back and forth trying to figure out what's going on. On the 23rd, he walked in the door.
0: Yeah, and wait, started you're losing. We're losing your volume.
1: Okay, I am in one spot. I haven't moved. So, that demon better stand down in Jesus' name. Yeah. Is this better? that better? Yes. Yes. Hallelujah. So September 23rd, he walked in the house and he started walking sideways and his face looked really weird. And I said, oh my goodness, is he getting a stroke? So I got him to sit down and I do have a medical background of somewhat. I got him to do some assessment. I said, Edgar, very calmly, we're going to the hospital. We went to the hospital after 14 hours in the ER and several tests being ran. We discovered Edgar had a a, a size of a golf ball tumor in the back of his head with the pineal gland. Now, the pineal gland regulates your moods, uh, different things in your body. And this type of uh, size tumor is usually found in young men. Well, it turned out that tumor was cancerous, which is usually found in young boys and young men. So it was very rare that he had this. And to top it off, because of the size of that tumor, it was blocking the flow of the fluid in his brain that would have gone from his brain throughout down his spinal cord and throughout his body. Henceforth, why he was walking so weird. So the ER doctor was very upset. He said his primary should have caught this. But Okay. So we end up going to another hospital in the middle of the night who dealt with this issue. Well, two weeks, I'm going to back up two weeks before that. My granddaughter was on a field trip with her school, and they were doing a prophetic training class. So the teachers, which is one of my daughters, uh, they would write out words and tell the kids, go seek God and see if he gives you anything. So this particular granddaughter had the word wait, well, you know, face value, you know what weight means. So she went off and she prayed and prayed and came back two and a half hours later. She says, Mommy, I don't have anything but to wait. Fast forward two weeks later, we're in the ER. The general surgeon, I'm sorry, the primary surgeon for neurology was on call that day. And he came in to tell us what Edgar's diagnosis was and what was the plan. They had to get the water out of the brain. His brain was full of water. So it's what you call a hydrocephalus. And he starts explaining the procedure. It had to be done now. So we went from zero to 100 before you could blink your eye. So we asked him, "Uh, what is your name? And he said, my name is Dr. Scott Waite. So my daughter and I looked at each other. What did you say your name was? Scott Waite. So God had already started to prepare us with the word wait. That, and here he is, Dr. Wait, who was one of the best in the country, was on call that day. Well, he went in, he put a little reservoir in Edgar's head, and they took, uh, they drained the water out. And they said, well, we're going to send a piece of that tumor for biopsy. Two weeks later, the biopsy turned out to be stage four cancer. So it had to come out. Well, we discussed many things, and my kids and myself, and we said, we prayed about it. If they were to get everything out, we will not, will not pursue chemo or radiation, because it's not necessary. It just depletes the body further. He's 69 years old, and I want him to be happy and live out his life. Well, many things happened in between the point when they took out the water in his brain to the point of the surgery. He had a bad reaction to a chemical. He ended up in ICU for two weeks. Then we got out of ICU. We're still in the hospital now. Edgar's entire stay in the hospital was from September 23, 2022 to November 30th, 2022. Well, it was time. We were getting ready to leave. There was a Hurricane Ian coming here. That same day, we got the report while he was in the hospital, it was cancerous, like I said, stage four, and we could stay and do the surgery or we can go home and come back. Because the hurricane was at the door, we decided to stay. We prayed about it and stayed. The two weeks prior to this surgery, there were many floater nurses kept coming in and each one of them started declaring the word of God to Edgar that everything will be okay, that God is in this, that God's plans for him was to prosper him and build him up and give him a hope in the future. Well, here came time. Now we decide, okay, we'll go ahead with the surgery. The surgery went well. However, during recovery, somehow, Edgar had a slight brain bleed and he went into a full seizure, The doctor, Dr. Waite, who did the surgery, was extremely upset because he greatly prides himself in his work. And he's well known for his work. And for Edgar to get a brain bleed, it was an offset. Well, Edgar went right back into ICU. And he stayed there for about a month and a half. During that time in ICU, Edgar was seeing many angelic encounters as a matter of fact the first time when they were doing the uh, hydrocephalus I saw him waving at somebody and I said who are you waving at because I looked around and there was no physical people so I realized oh he's waving at angels I said well are you waving at an angel he said yes I said well what does she look like what he looked like oh it's a lady and she's waving at me She's dressed in white. She's got a gold belt and she's got shiny gold hair. So from the onset, we had angelic support. We had the glory and the presence of the Lord. People would come in and wonder what is happening in this room. So now we're moving forward. He had the, they took out the tumor. The declaration was they got everything. Well, we knew at that point, no chemo, no radiation. And he had that seizure. Now he's back in ICU. While he's in ICU, I want to encourage you, if you ever have a loved one in the hospital, you need somebody with them 24 hours in this time. I'm a hospital worker. I was, and so was my husband. So there were certain things you expected, and it wasn't happening where it was. And you have to stay. You have to stay there. Well, Edgar went in ICU. They were treating him. His sodium levels could, wouldn't come down. And once again, it would, all this was happening around the Jewish holiday. Rosh uh, Hashanah and Yom Kippur. On Yom Kippur, Edgar told my daughter, he said, do you see that? And she said, see what, Dad? He said, do you see all those people dressed in white? Oh, my goodness. They're praying. They're praying. She goes, Daddy, the TV is off. He says, well, I see people praying, and the chills went down, oh, it's fine. She goes, Dad, I think you're probably seeing the cloud of witnesses. So we know in Hebrew, it talks about the cloud of witnesses. What a great, what a great presence that we have. Well, there was a speaking engagement had come up prior to Edgar going in the hospital. I was supposed to share. I asked Edgar, I said, do you mind if I, do you want me to still do this? Uh, He said, yes, you have to continue the work of the Lord. I know, right. My daughter bought him some soup. He was at the level he was able to eat. And I sent him this bowl of soup. And um, the PT got him out of the bed, into the chair. It was the first time that ever happened in a few weeks. Uh, Just before that, he was telling us, That the angels were in the room and they were all waving and saying hi. They they always had white outfits on with gold belts and and shiny gold hair. One of them even had an Indian turban on. Imagine that. The Indian, Indian angels. And they were all happy. And at one point he had seen the angels working on his body in the bed. Prior to what I'm going to tell you next. So I gave him the soup. He drank the soup. I was so happy. He had something in his belly other than uh, liquid medication. They put him in the chair, and I sat down to work on what I was going to share. Now, I had asked the Lord, I said, God, what is this, and why did this happen? And the Lord gave me two stories. The first one was, a man planted good seeds in his garden. But while he was sleeping, the enemy came and planted weeds. The second story he gave me was about the woman who, when the prophet prayed, she had a son. But then the child died. And she was wise enough not to talk to anybody else but the one who prayed for her to have this child. And everybody asked her, is everything okay? You know, how can we help you? All is well. All is well. And she had one destination to go back to the one who prayed for her to get this child. So I'm working on my speech and and I said, the Lord told me, he said, this incident that happened to your husband was not the work of the devil. But what I did, I, God, what I, God, did was reveal the plans of the devil. The plans of the devil was to kill him. Because two weeks later, he would have been in Israel and this would have happened in Israel and his brain would have exploded. So, God intercepted the enemy's plan. So, I'm writing my notes down, and I looked, Edgar looked at me, and he said, Indira, I want to tell you, all is well. Because we say that to each other, you know. And I said, yes, Edgar, all is well. And I'm feeling good. He just had his bowl of soup. You know, all things are working out great. I'm working on my notes. And then I looked up at him. My husband is dark-skinned not not black but dark skin all of a sudden edgar's skin was jet black his eyes were wide open his jaw dropped and his skin was ice cold so i started tapping him edgar edgar wake up wake up edgar wake up look at me look at me at the same time the nurse walked in the door she says oh my god he's getting a, he's having another seizure and then they hit the button and everybody came running Well, they called code blue. Edgar looked like he was dead. And he may have been. I haven't seen the notes. They came and they picked up his body that was dead weight and they tried to get him on the bed. And at that point, I got up and I went out the door and I said, I will wait outside. And they worked on him for about an hour. So, a lot of, we had great support from the pastors of our church. Many people came. There was so much prayer going on. It was amazing. And I know God heard every one of those prayers. But remember, he who began a good work in us is faithful, faithful to complete it. So, I didn't know whether Edgar was going to go home or whether God was going to keep him here. In the beginning, I said, Lord, I don't want Edgar to suffer. But, uh... If you want to take him home, take him home. But then along the journey, I said, nah, he's got great things to accomplish yet. So if, you ha- if he has things that are unfinished, please keep him here. I didn't know the fight I was about to undergo. So they're working on Edgar. They had to intubate him. They had put the ventilator on him. They, they, I believe they used the crash cart. There was a lot going on in that room. Remember, Edgar saw the angels working on him two weeks before that happened. Well, at this time, it's about evening time. I had to go home. My two daughters, who I've spoken about before, my two daughters decide to stay back. Towards the middle of the night, one of them went home and the other one stayed. She said, I just felt the Lord said, I need to stay. In the middle of the night, around two o'clock in the morning, I get a phone call. Mommy, they said they put the tube in his throat wrong and they have to move it. They said the tube that's intubating him so he can breathe has a hole in it outside and they have to move it from the right side to the left side. And I need to sign paperwork. Well, I knew what that meant. He could die in a second. But I had this peace from God. I went, okay, go ahead and move it. So they're doing all this work on her daddy. And she said, all of a sudden, Mom, I saw this white cloud, the cloud of the Lord come in the room and hover over daddy as they were working on him. Then I started smelling cleaning fluid, cleaning, like you're cleaning. And she said, what are they cleaning? They weren't cleaning anything. I believe God was cleaning up his DNA. That cloud stayed in the room. And, and she was like, wow. And the presence and the glory of God came down in that room. Well, the next morning when I got there, you know, I saw what had happened and I went, okay, God, what do we, what, what to do now? So that night when I went home, for two weeks, for two weeks, every night, the Lord took me to the courts of heaven. And I called it the Supreme Courts of Heaven because this was so amazing and so magnificent. I didn't ask to go there. He took me there. And I saw Jesus the judge and I saw all this. It was like the Supreme Court, all these other people that were there. And I said, God, I want to talk to you about Edgar. I saw Edgar laid out on the ground and there was a white sheet over him. My mother was also sick at the same time. I saw my mother on the ground and a white sheet laid out over him, her. And I started to say, Okay, Lord, here I am. I come to you by the blood of Jesus, the righteous judge. And I petition you for unfinished business. The destiny, I pull forward their destiny, both of them. The things that they were supposed to do that they haven't done yet. And I petition you, they get to do it. And they get to do it well. If there's anything that the enemy legally has against them, Father, please show it. And the devil showed up. Oh, man. He had this long list. And, you know, he's going over his list, and all I could do, I put my head down, and if it's a legal list, then it's correct. So I said, I, Lord, I repent for everything on that list. I, he's probably right, and I'm sorry, and on their behalf, I'm sorry. I plead the blood of Jesus. I plead for judgment. Jesus showed up. This is a true thing happened. Jesus showed up, and he showed his blood. Every single accusation, Jesus showed up, showed his blood. Case dismissed, case dismissed, case dismissed. This went on for two weeks, two hours every night. The petitioning for my mother and my husband. Well, my mother was 94. And she decided she wanted to go home. And she went home. But before she went home, I had the most amazing, incredible blessing from her. To continue preaching the gospel and doing the work of God. And the anointing and the covering that she gave. But Edgar was still in ICU. And I couldn't go to the funeral. Neither could my girls go. Because the doctor said, he needs to hear from you guys and feel your touch every day. And the first thing the Lord told me was, let the dead bury the dead. But, you know, as a Christian, I know I get to see my mother again. I know she was older. She had a very fruitful Christian life. I have a great legacy. And there was Edgar. Well, shortly after that, Edgar slowly started coming out of it. And it was a long journey out of the hospital. And each time, you know, the Lord would send nurses from other states to come and encourage me. Well, Edgar had lost so much weight. He was literally skin and bones where he would have required a feeding tube. The next step from the hospital would have been to go to a neurological rehab. But he wasn't even a candidate because he couldn't move. He was down in the bed so long. And uh, the subject of the feeding tube kept coming up. Well, there's two types of feeding tube. There's one that will go through your neck through what is called a TPN bag. Or there's one that goes through your stomach. And what they were talking about was nutrition through the stomach. I had a decision to make. I took a couple of days, prayed about it. And waited, I had 15 minutes to make that decision from the deadline, because they were going to put him in a nursing home. I said, no, he's not going to a nursing home. Well, as I'm praying, and I started praying out loud, I said, you know what, I'm just going to trust God and not do this feeding tube. The nurse on call that day spun around. He said, you're the reason I'm here. And I looked at him, he said, you're my assignment. Do not give him that feeding tube. It is not good for him. The Lord wants you to know, yes, trust me. Trust me. Do not give him that tube. And he starts telling me his story where... As a young man, he was very reckless, and he crashed his car, and all the bones in his body was broken, and he was an atheist, and he went to hell, and he actually had an encounter with God, and God gave him a second chance of life, and the paramedics watched his bones be put together. Now, wouldn't you listen to a guy like that? So, but I already had it in my gut, so he came in agreement, did not give him the feeding tube. Then God sent an amazing PT that got him well enough to go to this rehab. Well, while in the rehab, there were some stories to tell where, you know, the Lord used me to minister to a lot of people. But on that note, I want to tell you, when Edgar was in ICU, I would walk the halls of this ICU, the neuro ICU. Where we were, you would see the helicopters coming in with the trauma patients, the baby ICU. They were all coming in with bloody people and really bad cases and putting them in these rooms. Well, the babies were above us. So I decided, you know what? I'm just going to walk around and take authority over this floor in the name of Jesus. And very quietly, I started walking around. And each room, I went, Father, in the name of Jesus, I bind and break off the spirit of trauma. And I release healing, salvation, and deliverance, whatever they need, God. But they need you. I bind every spirit that's in operation and prevent it from working until it's dealt with, in the name of Jesus. And I would quietly, in the middle of the night, just walk around and say this under my breath. Well, after a short time, I noticed um, the room started emptying. And I went, hmm, the night before, there was a girl that came in, and she was a bloody mess. Honestly, when she, the day, next day when I went back, and the room was clean and empty, I went, oh my God, she probably died. So I asked the nurse, I said, what happened to that girl? Oh, she suddenly got better and we moved her to the other side. And I kept hearing that story. Oh, they suddenly, suddenly got better. And either they went home to their home or they went to the other side for further help. That is the God we serve. So no matter what we're going through, we are still in positions as the servants of the Almighty God. And if the Holy Spirit taps you. You, you go with it, because I was so upset with this whole thing. I said, God, I'm collecting stones. I'm collecting stones like David. You know, I'm not. I'm taking territory for you. The enemy does not have the upper hand on this. Whether Edgar stays or go, I'm taking territory for you. And I knew at one point whether Edgar stays or goes, it was his decision. Because two things happen. Edgar said, he was in the coma, and he came out of it all of a sudden. He goes, Indira, I just saw the Lamb of God on the throne, and they're having a party there, and I want to go back. And he went out. That's the first thing. A a day later, he goes, Indira, there's a party going on in heaven with the Lamb of God, and there's so much people there, and I want to go back. I want to stay. I said, no, Edgar, you can't stay. You could visit, but you can't stay. Come back. And he came back. So when people are in a dying bed or going through traumatic incidents, I truly believe, even with my mother and other patients I've been around, they have a conversation with God. You know? And it's, it's really their choice. So we need to say, well, God, what is your will? What is your purpose? What's your plan? And be okay with it. Well, I came home. I had a hospital bed in my house, and uh, I was exhausted, really exhausted. And I felt like, my God, I'm out in this deep water, and I'm, you know, the, every time I come, come up to take a breath, the, this big wave comes and smacks me down. Mm-hmm. Well, but the devil is stupid, I said, God, because, you know, I know how to swim. And I know how to swim underwater, and I can hold my breath. So even if I get an ounce of ear, I'm going to be okay because you're with me. So that night when Edgar came home, one of Edgar's issues was his bladder. He didn't urinate for 14 hours. And I said, dear God, if this man doesn't go to the bathroom, I'm going to have to go back to that ER again. And I really don't want to do that. So the Lord told me, take some castor oil and rub it where his bladder is, which I did. And then I fell asleep. I was between sleep and wake. And I was up in heaven. And the sheep, the sheep, this fluffy white sheep comes bouncing over to me, big eyes, had a big smile on his face. And he nuzzled up against my neck. And he goes, you know, my sheep, hears my voice, and none other will they follow he said, talking sheep? Well, everything's alive in heaven. Why not? So at that moment when he says, and none other will they follow, I heard my husband said, Indira, I have to go to the bathroom. Well, he's weak, so it involved my changing him, and this happened four or five times during the night. I mean, complete bed changing, and, um, and, and him as well. So by the fifth time, I said, God, you know, I'm really tired. Um, can he sleep now, <laughs> you know, without any more interruptions? And then boom, I was back up in heaven again. But this time, I was sitting at a bank overlooking a massive body of water. Next to me were rocks, smooth stones. A lot of rocks. There were many colors. And some of them were stacked one on top of each other. And then the rock said to me, now the, the, the rock says, pick me, pick me. And I said to myself, of course, of course the rocks are talking to me. Everything's alive in heaven. Now, remember I told you I was collecting stones. And here I am. The Lord took me to heaven and showed me the rocks I could collect. I collect all of them. And I was back down where I was in my where I was laying down and I was sleeping. Let's fast forward to my sister. Well, first of all, Edgar is, after that, Edgar had three more procedures, not related to the brain, but related to his stomach. They end up taking his gallbladder out. He's still in recovery. We are still praying for two things for Edgar. One is that his memory will come back. The other thing is that his eyesight will come back. He has, um, he has no vision in one eye. The other eye, he has no peripheral vision vision he has single vision what does that mean it means if you're talking to him he would have to lift his head to look at you and even then I don't know how much he sees well I want that back in the name of Jesus for him Um, the angelic encounters continued now my sister my sister is a woman of God was a woman of God is a woman of God she had a beautiful Bible study that night. I heard it was really, their t- message was, what have you done lately to please God? That was her last message. She was in the kitchen and somehow one of the girls heard this loud groan and she hit the floor. She went straight down. She hit the sink. Her head hit the sink. Uh, her nose, everything. And she just went down. She died for 30 minutes. There was a fire marshal at the meeting and he helped bring her back. Well, that night, that happened in Florida. I live in Charlotte, North Carolina. That night, in the middle of the night, this bright light appeared in my room. And I said to myself, did I forget to turn off a light? And I knew that light. So I closed my eyes and I opened it again. And this time the light was brighter. And it was only on my side of the bed. And I knew it was an angelic encounter. It's happened about three times in my life, this particular light. And I started feeling waves of comfort, waves of love, waves of of compassion, waves of mercy flowing over me. And in my head, I'm saying, oh, my Lord, is something else going to happen to Edgar? You know, and then I fell asleep. The next morning, I heard my sister fell. She had a complication with her heart and she's in a coma because she hit her head and she died for 30 minutes and they brought her back God prepared me for that I had no idea he was going to take her home this is the same sister that took care of my mother who had died 7 months prior so I wasn't ready for that who's ready for that even when somebody's sick you know we contend and we wait and we pray and we give thanks well, Edgar was in the hospital again at that point. They ended up taking out his gallbladder. He was there for 15 days. And I said, God, I missed my mother's funeral. Am I going to miss my sister's too? But whatever you want, I'm good with it because I know I will see her in heaven. The day after, she, she, she was in a coma for 12 days, the day she died, I went home. After visiting my husband and I got out my car and I looked up to heaven. And the Lord opened my eyes, and I saw my sister. I saw. My sister was, in, in, in human life, she had one eye. She could only see out of one eye. I saw the moment she saw Jesus. I saw when she realized for the first time that she could see out of both eyes. She had swollen legs, with painful swollen legs, most of her life. She looked down at her ankles, and for the first time, she realized she had no pain. She touched her back, and she stretched, and she realized she had no pain. She touched her knee because she was scheduled for knee surgery, and she realized she had no pain. She touched her hip. And she moved back and forth. She was 74 years old. She had no pain. And Then she took a deep breath. And she could breathe without coughing. And she had no pain. And I said, God, how could I compete with that? How could I be so selfish for her to come back to earth and suffer the way she was? And the joy, the look on her face. And she went, "Ha!" Ah! She was so excited. She spun around and she was laughing. But the Lord did remind me when he brought Lazarus back, he was 100% whole. But my sister wanted to go home. She wanted to go home to be with her Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And she has no pain. When I went to her, I did get, we did get to go to her funeral. I was the last person to speak. And I shared this story. But prior to that, I walked up to the box she was in and I said, honey, Sandy. Sandy, I need to talk to you. Do you want to come back to earth just for a little bit and, and go back to heaven? I mean, because if you want to come to earth, come back. All I have to do is to bind the spirit of death and lose life into the breath of God. And you could just get out of that box and we're good to go. The Lord was so merciful to me. He opened my eyes to see my sister she was breathing. I could see her chest going up and down. I could hear the breathing. I was like in this pocket and it was so real. I put my hand out to touch her. to say, oh my goodness, is she alive in the, in, in the box? You know, maybe I need to get her out. And I realized I saw her in the spirit. It was good. And I told her, I, says, I guess you're good. So we, we're good. We're going to leave this alone. Well done, my sister. I will see you In heaven, when I see you, we serve a marvelous God. He works all things out for good for those who love him, for those who are called according to his purpose. From the time he thought about each one of us, he had a plan. But just like the man who planted good seeds in the garden, the enemy came and sowed weeds. So I don't know where we are on time right now, but i like to address the weeds. Allow the Lord of Harvest to come and deal with the weeds in your life. Because sometimes the weeds look like wheat. Sometimes a bad thing looks like a good thing, and the good thing looks like a bad thing. And when we're trying to take out what we think is a bad thing, it might be a good thing. So we let the Lord handle it. We contended for my sister's eyes for years. Never happened. Even my husband. My husband, he's clinically blind in one eye prior to the surgery. So now he has the other eye that we're contending for. We thank you, Lord, that you are so good and you're so gracious. And I'm talking to people right now who have loved ones, whether they be at home in hospice or at a hospice facility or in the hospital. I want to encourage you. There is a God who loves them more than we could love them and that his plans and purposes for them is good and not evil. I want to encourage you to reach out and ask the Lord Jesus. If you don't know him, be my Lord and savior. Show me what you see. Let me hear what you hear. Let my heart beat with your heartbeat for this loved one and for myself. I need you. You have help. We have help. What a gift God gave me to see my sister like that. Do we miss them? Oh, yeah. Tremendously. Tremendously. But we have this hope as a a believer in Yeshua, a believer in Christ, that we will sleep see them again. They're just sleeping. And that shell, it's done its job. So you say, well done. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So here we are today. And we're waiting on the Lord to see what he will do next. Prior to this, I did ask the Lord why Edgar and my mother, what, would, what did they have in common? That he took me to the courts of heaven. And he said what they had in common was me. That the devil couldn't get to me, but he went after them. But in the end... God has the final say. So my choice, I was about to write a book on deliverance. Still will. But the thing is, am I going to hold back? Am I going to run scared and not do the work of the Lord? Or am I going to keep moving forward and finish my work that God has designed for me? Each one of you have an assignment from God. We don't have to measure ourselves up against anybody what is my portion, God? I want to do my portion and do it well, so I can hear you say, Papa, well done. Thank you, Lord.
2: Amen. <laughs> what a powerful testimony, Amen, Brother Gary. Wow. Yeah. I think... Um,
0: this is why we were waiting for this young lady to uh, be free of these obligations to see them through in God's eyes and to come back and to give this testimony which has never been given before on this program and in previous programs she has shared about her son going blind and uh, the boy was a young boy and uh, he was taken on a bus trip with other people that were seeking healing to Benny Hinn in Pittsburgh and uh, this boy's Robert um had his eyes burning and he says, Mom, God's healing my eyes. And her seven, nine-year-old boy was being healed by God's infinite grace and mercy. And we've heard stories about where Uh, Indira has had gallstones and uh, where she's been in the hospital and there are nurses that are not on duty and they she can explain them explain what they're Looking at, she sees compassion in their eyes, and uh, she gets through both operations in tremendous time and with minimal, if any, pain. And one was called mercy, and one was called grace. And there was another woman named Grace, and she shared about this other woman. She says there was no other woman, and I've been here 25 years, and I know there's no Grace working here. That's the kind of God we serve. That's the kind of God that answers prayers. That's the kind of God that wants us to go through all kinds of living hell to see the victory. And uh, the living hell is of no hope. And uh, there is in us a hope that is based on our belief in Jesus Christ and belief in the Holy Spirit. And I want to just take a a time and a moment in communion when I want to have Indira come back and share what happened in communion. And uh, this is, well, virtually blow your mind, but uh, uh, we want people to realize that your faith in God, accepting Him into your heart uh, as Lord and Savior, changes all things. And you say, well, what does it do? and then it says in John 3:16 for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever the what the whoever who's the whoever it's you listening right now that whoever believes in him the son of god should not perish, but have what? Eternal life. Now, Indira shared having gone to heaven and having seen her mom and her sister and, uh, you know, the thing is, is that there is truth in that, for it says, For God did not send the Son into the world to judge the world, but that the world should be saved through him. I never <clears throat> excuse me <clears throat> I never knew that verse followed John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have eternal life. And for God did not send a Son into the world to judge the world, but that the world should be saved through Him. Now, God does not send His Son where He's not invited. And you say, well, you don't know what I've done. Well, I want you to know that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. He knows what you did. Well, how could he accept me with all that I've done? Because you don't have to earn it. All you have to do is receive the gift of eternal life by making Jesus the son of the living God and inviting him into your heart and you will be received just the way you are. Now you say, well, yeah, but how do I do that? And in Romans 10, 9 and 10, it says if you confess with your mouth. Oh, confess with your mouth. Jesus says, Lord, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You shall be saved. Is there any more? Yeah. The next verse. Says, for with the heart man believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. You see, the strength that we've heard for the last so many minutes is Indira's faith. It is her faith. For with the heart man believes, resulting in righteousness, and that's for women too. And with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. Do you want this God? the son of the living God to be in your heart? There is only one God of the universe. It's Almighty God, and His only begotten Son is Jesus Christ, and known as Yeshua HaMashiach. And uh, it goes on to say in verse 13, For whoever will call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Are you ready? Uh, This is so important that we've interrupted a part of her testimony so that you can come to know him as your Lord and Savior. And when you die, you know you're not going to a raging hell, but to heaven itself where the streets are lined with gold and there is such beauty that there is no death, not even the death of a leaf or a fruit. No, it's awesome eternal life for men, women, children, animals, yes, animals. And uh, you can be blessed. You want to do that now? Okay. Let's do that. Heavenly Father, we believe that Jesus Christ is the only begotten Son of Almighty God. and that he escaped death by after three death and three days he rose again to sit at the right hand of God the Father of my own free will. I invite Jesus into my heart to be my Lord and my Savior, and I will serve him for the rest of his days, my days, until he comes again. Amen and amen. Well, he's coming a lot sooner than you thought. In fact, many people will be surprised at the soonness of his return. And I also want you to know that we're going to talk about communion because uh, we do that every week. And on uh, um, the uh, night that he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus Christ, in that night in which he was betrayed, took bread. This is from 1 Corinthians 11. That's First Corinthians 11, verses 23 through 26. And the the Lord Jesus, in the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he said, Take eat. This is my body, which is for you. This do in remembrance of me. Now, if you don't have any bread because of this, The nature of our program today. Uh, Just do it next week. But uh, right now, those who have been used to taking communion every week, take the bread or cracker, I have cracker, and break it and bless it. Thank you, Lord, for your infinite grace and mercy. And your love. Take it now. Thank you, Lord.
1: Thank you, Lord.
0: (laughs) And uh, in the same way, he took the cup also. After supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often, that's interesting, as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And wait and see how soon that will be. Take the cup now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now, Indira, yes? I come back to you. And I asked you to share what happened At the time of his crucifixion, for you were there and was revealed to you something that I've never heard mentioned before.
1: Well, many years ago, the Lord said to me, he said, my people say by my stripes that they're healed. But they don't understand what it means. And I will show you. And the Lord took me back in time to when the night he was crucified or the whole crucif- crucifixion process that he went through Uh started with uh, the first whiplash that hit his back. His back split open, literally. Um, there was... The the whip that they hit him with was so sharp, had so many sharp things on it, that his back opened and you could literally see his bow. And the Lord said to me, by that, you're healed. Then I saw when they ripped his beard out and the blood coming down, and he said, by that, you're healed. I saw when they jammed, literally jammed with such violence, the thorn of crown into his head. And he said, By that, you're healed. And then I saw when they put the nails in his hands, it's, it actually was where they put the nails in his hands. And I think technically that may have been more by his wrist because it could support. And each hand, he said, By that, you're healed. And then in his feet, when they jammed that nail into him, and you have to remember when this was being done, it was all forces of hell was hitting him in his foot. That By that, you heal. And then I saw when they put the spear in his side, and the blood and water came out. And he says, by that, you're healed. It was a bloody mess. But God was showing the price that he paid through Jesus for us. It's an expensive price. It's priceless. And like you said, you can't earn it. And needless to say, I was a mess watching this whole scene. And all I could feel, Gary, is how much God loves us enough to do that. How much Jesus loved us. Jesus who did no wrong loves us and all he's asking for like those stones and the vision in heaven pick me pick me jesus is asking you pick me pick me because if you have jesus on your team you'll technically be on his team you'll be a winner regardless of whatever happens in life if you seek him first in his kingdom and his righteousness i did have a few words of knowledge i'd like to give if we no, time.
2: Yes, ma'am. Go ahead. Should I go ahead? Yes, ma'am.
1: Okay. So this is what I saw. Hallelujah. I saw a person. Uh, they look like what looked like a monkey sitting on their back. And this monkey is literally controlling things that they do. Um, and the Lord wants you to know, just pull it off. It's not part of his plan for your life. That weight, that monkey, I know that monkey has many um, parts to it as a part of a religion that they serve the monkey God. But God is telling you, you don't have to have that monkey on your back. Just put your hands and pull it off in the name of Jesus and be free. That's a burden that God did not plan for you. I saw a person that had what looked like an arrow went right through their head. And the Lord said to tell you again, and I'm going to do this. I just pull that arrow out of your head and I declare over you, you have the mind of Christ and be healed in Jesus name. These are some mental illnesses that God is removing from you and he wants to encourage you. You have the mind of Christ and all is well. Another person, I saw uh, your heart. I saw a heart and it's a grieving heart. And the Lord wants to do a divine exchange. He would like you to give him your heart so he can give you his heart. Part of giving him your heart means you're going to need to forgive. Jesus forgave you. So he's asking you to forgive and release this person or things, the situations that you're encountering and give it to him because his burdens are light and his yoke is easy. Thank you, Father. Uh, What the word talks about uh, a merry heart works good like medicine to the soul. So I declare over you, may you prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prosper. Uh, This was really interesting. I saw somebody had tattoos all over their arms, and all of a sudden it started disappearing. So whatever was in effect, God has said, is null and void. I saw another person that had uh, their eyes look like it was cataract, like scales. And I saw it started falling off their eyes. So I declare to you, eyes in the name of Jesus, see. Do what you're supposed to do and see clearly in Jesus' name. And I release the peace, the joy, the kindness. The long-suffering, forgiveness, meekness, gentleness, all the fruits of the Spirit over you all in Jesus' name. You know, recently I was walking on my door. The Lord likes to talk to me. on walking on my door a lot. And he said to me, you know that spirit called self-control? It's not what you think it is. So I said, well, what is it? He said, just do what I say to do and you'll be in control. So I'm going to leave you with that. Lord, help us to do what you ask us to do so we will be exercising the spirit of self-control. Shalom.
2: Yes. What a powerful Get word. preparing for his
0: return and your website, Supernatural Living.
1: Yes. I can be reached at SupernaturalLiving at gmail.com and that's probably the best way to do it right now. So much of what I do has been... Um, uh, it's still in developmental stages, but it's there. But that's the best way you can reach me. Um, so just know that there are books coming. There's stories to tell. We have an amazing life in Christ, and we get to live it. And we get to tell about it, to encourage each other. What
0: do you, what do you want to call this program?
1: I would like to call this program Supernatural Living.
2: I love Systematic it. Systematic Living. Supernatural, Supernatural Living. Supernatural. Yeah. Living. Sister Indira, before we close, yes, we need to pray for Brother Edgar. Now, he needs uh, yes. r- restoration of his vision in both eyes. Is that correct?
1: Well, we'll take both eyes. One eye, when he was little, he was hit in his head by his by someone and he lost vision. Uh, so I'll take both eyes, 2025, 20, 2020 20, vision. Um, but from the surgery, he's lost his peripheral vision. And so he needs full restoration on that and also for the brain he is encountered short-term memory okay, so short-term we need memory. that to fall back into place
2: okay what about his speech is he able to talk
1: speech is much better than it was uh, the doctor says that the brain has a way of, of helping itself so we need uh, there to be no all the swelling on the brain if there's any to go away and also what we need to have is um no cancer cells come back that i declare really the word all is well you know during that whole encounter i had with the courts of heaven one night i had a dream i saw the book on this situation and the forward in the book was by charles caps i went charles caps isn't he with the cloud of witnesses wow so i know god Yeah, I mean, I was like, wow. And so I started researching more about Charles Capps. You know, Charles Capps worked in divine health. And he chose when he wanted to go home. And he called all his family and he blessed them and he went to sleep. So I think there's something in that. But as far as Edgar is concerned, where the brain is so sensitive and he's swelling to go down, no scar tissue, everything to fall into place the way God made it in heaven. And another program I will tell you how the Lord took me back in time when he showed me how he was creating Adam oh wow we are truly, we are truly fearfully and wonderfully made by God
2: brother it's Gary amazing. amen make note of that we've got to get Indira back on to tell that and much more uh, brother Gary shall we come in agreement and pray for Edgar tonight yes sir asking people out there to join us in prayer <laughs> On this, let's do it. Father Yehovah, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we lift up Edgar to you right now. We plead the blood of it. Jesus Christ over him. We're asking yes, God Lord. you would send your word and heal him tonight. We speak yes, to his eyes. We command the healing to re- go forth to his eyes, his vision to be restored in the left and right eye in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. We also come against every cancer cell. We command anything inside of him that the Lord Jesus Christ has not planted to be uprooted and come out right now. We curse the cancer cell to the root. We command all rebellious cell grow to go in Jesus Christ's mighty name. We also, God, we speak over his memory. We command the short-term memory to go to long-term memory. God, let his memory come back perfect. Also command the brain swelling to go down in the mighty name of Jesus. You know any other areas that he may need also, God? We're asking you to touch him tonight. We speak to his body. Be healed and made whole. In Jesus Christ's name, we rebuke the spirit of death and destruction. We break any curse that's been spoken over him and any witchcraft sent against him or the family. We break it and lift it right now in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. No weapon formed against you, and Dira, Edgar, your family shall prosper. We thank you, Father God, for what you're doing. You've heard this prayer tonight. We also bind up and rebuke every spirit of backlash, retaliation, revenge, retribution, hindrance, or delay coming against any of the family in the name of Jesus Christ. Every demonic spirit, we bind it and rebuke it and command it to go and loose the family right now in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Take it over, Brother Gary. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Jesus' name.
1: Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Honor
0: Thank you, you, Indira, for being God's instrument today.
1: Any time, praise the Lord. Powerful teaching. That is so good. Uh, Indira,
2: <laughs> give out your uh, contact info one more time: email or website or both, whatever you got.
1: I'll give you the email for now. Um, God has kept me quite hidden. Even though I've, I've, I've gone out pre- preaching and so forth. Uh, but for now, if you want to reach me, it's, uh, it's Living at gmail.com.
2: Fantastic. And the sister and dear, please uh, get that book completed. Uh, <laughs> also, few, the one on spiritual it's a warfare. One that
1: <laughs> That's going to be a good. One. I know. Hallelujah. You know, Lord, send what I need to get this book done. Amen.
2: Amen. Brother Gary, Amen. How <laughs> do people reach you, Brother Gary? Yes,
0: justin.timeministries just dot com. It's all there.
2: I want to thank both of you for coming on, Sister and dear, We got to get you back on soon. God bless you.
1: God bless you too. Have a have a have a wonderful day and night. Amen.
2: Another bye home bye. run for Jesus, Well, we Brother
1: started
0: Gary. with your testimony. Amen and amen. Thank
2: you, thank you, thank you. Praise the Lord. That was a powerful testimony right there. Okay, let's go ahead and get Brother John on. We're dialing now.